0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Oh, with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's message. I'm really excited about this. Uh, we're going to re- be reading in... Um, uh, the book of Mark, uh, chapter six, verse thirty-one through forty-four. Uh, this is a very popular scripture, um, a very popular story. This is the story of Jesus feeding the five thousand. I mean, I've heard this story so many times since I was, you know, a kid growing up in Sunday school. You know, it was probably the first story you know I really remember uh, being taught. So it's a it's a really well-known story. But we're going to kind of look at it from a different perspective tonight, and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit lead and see where He takes us. And um, before we get started uh, with the scripture, a little bit of context of where we pick up. Um, and so what has happened just before this is that John the Baptist um, has just been executed um, and just been be- beheaded. So John the Baptist has just died, who's actually Jesus' cousin. And so this is where we pick up is right after that, right after Jesus finds out, this is where we pick up in Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 31. So let's read together. It says this. Then, because so many people were coming out and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. They, were, they, were, they, they went into the middle of the sea just to find um, some time of refre- reflection, I believe, because they have just found out about the death of John the Baptist, you know, Jesus has this experience, a family member dying, and so he's just going out to a solitary place. In verse 33, it says, but many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, it says that he had compassion on them. And to me, that amazes me, because he's in the middle of the sea, Right? he says, trying to find a quiet place because he's just learned about the death of John the Baptist. And all of a sudden, these people are wanting something from him. They're, they're being an inconvenience to him. But it says that Jesus had compassion on him. And to me, that's powerful because it's easy to have compassion when it's convenient, right? I mean, it's easy to have compassion on somebody when it doesn't cost you anything. But it was an inconvenience to Jesus. But it says he still had compassion on him. And that, to me, that's really powerful because true compassion is, is being kind to somebody even when it costs you something. And so that's this a little powerful thought that I had. I was just reading scripture. Um, but so Jesus shows compassion on him. And he says he shows compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take more than a half a year's wages. Are we going to go and spend that on bread and give it to them to eat? He said, Okay, well, how many loaves do you have? He asked, Go and see. When they found out, they said, We have five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute among the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of the men who had eaten that day was 5,000. Now, by that math, you know, um, of five bread and two loaves we come up with this right they had five loaves of bread two fish and that equals five thousand now i'm not no mathematician but to me that doesn't really make sense mathematically but that's what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about the variable for miracles the variable for miracles why don't you put that in the chat why don't you tap your neighbor on the shoulder why don't you tell them the title the variable for miracles, come on, let's pray tonight over service, uh, Father. We thank you for tonight. We thank you that uh, we are just ready to listen to you, Father, to whatever your Spirit wants to communicate. We are here, hungry-hearted, God, ready to listen after your word, Father. So, Holy Spirit, take over this uh, live stream, uh, take over this service, God. We just want you to touch people tonight, Father. We have no other. Uh, priorities. We have no other motives other than to seeing your will be done on this earth, Father. So we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise and we're ready, Father, for you to feed us tonight. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So growing up, my relationship with math was kind of funny because I really enjoyed and had a fun time you know taking math classes and you know, pre-cal and algebra. like I really enjoyed it, like I thought it was fun. The only thing about it was that I wasn't that good at it. You know I enjoyed math, but my grades reflected, you know especially when I got in higher level math, um, that I wasn't the best at it. Um, and i don 't know if you can relate have you ever enjoyed something and had fun doing something even though you weren't that good um, It can be like, you know, like how the Houston Texans, you know, you can look and you can, you know, watch them on the football field and you can tell they're having fun, but they're just, you know, no good. Um, But, uh, you know, Texans fans, before you get mad at me for that comment, um, I can say that because I am a Texans fan. And so maybe, you know, after this stream, we can talk about that and and seek God together on behalf of the Texans. But um, we're praying over the Texans tonight that the season will start soon, but I always had a weird relationship with math in a way that I really enjoyed it even though I wasn't that good at it. But when you read that story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, you can almost see a math equation going on, You know, right? That you can see that there was something happening, that there's variables in it, and that that came out to that product of 5,000. So tonight, we are going to take a look at those different variables of that equation. So every story and, that you read, in the Bible or in any other story that you read, it always starts with something and that is starts, and that's the first variable of tonight. It always starts with a need or, or needs. And tonight, um, the needs is gonna be represented by the variable in. And so that's the first thing we're gonna talk about is that there was a need in that story. You know, we, we, the, the need in that, in that story we just read was that there was hungry people and they needed to be fed. They had, they had a need, they needed food. You know, we can relate to that because don't we all have needs? It doesn't matter who you are, Um, it doesn't matter how much you have, Uh, our needs might be different, but we find in commonplace that we all do have needs, and it's no different in this story, right? It doesn't matter how much money we have in the bank or followers we have on Instagram or how many degrees we have after our name, we all have needs. And so usually we spend most of our time day to day pursuing after these needs, right? Pursuing after these desires, um, pursuing um, after these wants that we have in our life. But if you live long enough or if you talk to somebody who's lived long enough, you will certainly learn um, that as soon as you get one need or you satisfy one want, a new one appears. And it seems like you're in this constant fight trying to get to it from need to need, from want to want, to desire to desire, desire. and it seems like as soon as you accomplish one thing, as, you, as soon as you solve, solve one problem, another one appears. But needs and desires are important. It says here in Psalms 37 verse 4, it says, delight in the Lord and He will give you desires of your heart. So. It's not that having needs or desires in your life is a bad thing, but what's important is to make sure that you are actually pursuing the correct needs and desires in your life. Uh, if, you, if you follow after the wrong needs, or if you follow after the wrong desires, you can soon find your life getting to a place, getting to a place that you thought would satisfy you and you would get to there and you would satisfy that desire and then you would soon find out that it wasn't all that it lived up to be. I mean. Have you ever you know, tried to watch a movie that you heard a lot about that had really good reviews or that had really good IMD reviews and you've heard such good things about this movie and you're so excited and you watch the movie and you say, that was it? A lot of times that can be the, the needs in our lives that we're so looking forward to it, to accomplish it, to watch it, to complete it. And we get there, we get to the end of the movie and, and we look back and we say, this isn't all what I thought it would be. So the key really is, it's making sure that we pursue the right needs. Because there are, there's a lot of different needs that we have in our lives, but some offer value and some offer you know, fake or, or some are just counterfeit needs in our lives, that, that, that life throws all these desires and wants on us, that the needs that we actually should have in our lives that would give us fulfillment is becomes watered down with all the other things that society offers us and tells us what we need. And so really the key is, is how do we make sure that we're pursuing after the right needs? Because we all have them. They're all over the place. We all, there's, there's desires and wants that we have, but how do we make sure we're pursuing after the right desires? And to me, you have to re- revisit that scripture we just read in Psalms 37, verse four. And it says, the light in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. So most of the times we have that switch. We pursue desires to chase after delights in our life, right? We pursue after these desires, we pursue after these wants that we have in in the hope that it will give us delight, in the hope that it will give us fulfillment. But what's powerful about Psalms 37 verse four, it says, if you first delight yourself in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. And to me, that means that because when you delight yourself in in, in the Lord, and when you spend time with them, when you pray about things, when you pray about the needs, then all of a sudden the desires that you have in your life start changing and you begin to desire the things that the Lord desires for you. And so that's that's you know a kind of a sub point for tonight is that how do you find the right desires is first you must delight in the Lord first. Because if you delight in the Lord first, you're gonna find that the desires that you once had, the desires that once filled up your mind begin to change and you begin to desire the things that God wants for you. And to me, that is the key is to chase after the things that God wants for me. Because I don't want to waste my time chasing after the world. I want to to spend my life chasing after the things that God wants for me in my life. Let's move on to the next variable. So there's a need, right? We, we establish there's a need in the story. People need to be fed. There's hungry people. It says 5,000 men, um, that, but that, they were discounting single men, like this men. So there was women and children also. So, so, so people argue that there's probably like around in total 8,000 people really hungry um, and for food. And so right away in scripture, it says that the disciples take that need to Jesus and then Jesus tells them, okay, here's a need. Now, what do you have? What do we have to meet that need? What, what kind of means do we have? And that's the next variable in our equation is means, right? Is the means, what our supply, our resources. What are our means that we have in our life? And in, in this story, the means that they had was five bread and two fish, right? That was their means to meet their need. And just like in this story that, that the means that they have was nowhere near enough to meet their needs. Uh, in, in our lives we can relate because really we, we, we all have different means, right? We all have different resources. We all have different skills. We all have different characteristics. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, we, we, we all have different means, right? We do all have different resources, but it seems like it doesn't matter how much we learn, how much we gather, how much money we have in our bank, or how many followers we have on Instagram. It doesn't seem like how much we, we are able to gather up. It seems like it's never enough to meet our needs. Just like in this story, it seems like we're always chasing after Something that we never have enough to fulfill. where right? We have we, we we think we have the means, but ne- they never meet our needs. So, what do we do most of the time? when our means don't meet our needs, we try to get more stuff, right? Uh, if, If it seems like we don't have enough friends to satisfy us, we try to go out and get more friends. If it seems like we don't have enough money, right, to buy the stuff we think we need, we try to gather more money. So we try to gather and gather all this stuff, all these means, all these resources for us to find out over and over again that it's never enough to meet our needs. So we, we, we stack upon and we stack upon things, we stack upon all these things, It's trying to, to reach something that we find out is never enough. So the means in our life, and again, I told you tonight, we're, we're kind of talking about this message in, a, in like a, a mathematical mindset. And so our means is a dependent variable in our lives, a dependent variable. What, is, what does that mean? What's dependent variable mean? That means, mathematically speaking, that a dependent variable has no value on its own. That on its own, a dependent value will never be enough to meet the solution. And just like in our life, our means, it, that's our dependent va- variable. It doesn't matter how much we gather, it doesn't matter how much we think we have, it doesn't matter how much you know, money we have in the bank or friends we have on Instagram, it is never enough. That stuff by itself is never enough to meet our needs. And, so, so now we can kind of you know, resonate with these actors and these famous athletes who have everything that society tells them that they need to be happy, has everything that society tells them that they need to meet their needs, right? And they have it all, they have all the money, they have all the friends, they have all the fame, and all of a sudden they realize that it still isn't enough. And that's why you know, famous actors and athletes you know, struggle with depression and anxiety and addiction because they realize an awful thought of that it's never gonna be enough. And they, they seem to give up because they're missing on something. They're missing a part of the equation. See, in verse 37, it said Jesus told the disciples when they first asked them, when they first brought this, this problem to the disciples saying, hey, we need to feed these people. These people are hungry. They're in an isolated area. We need to give them something to eat. Or they need to go on their own and give them the, something to eat. Jesus tells them, and it's powerful. He says, you feed them. You give them something to eat. And when I was thinking about it, I said, you know, obviously Jesus knew what he was going to do. And obviously Jesus knew that they didn't have enough to meet that need. Why would he ask his disciples for them to feed them? Because see, in this, in this scripture, in verse 37, the disciples haven't even offered their means yet to Jesus. They just asked him, hey, Jesus, we have a need, solve it. They didn't bring the five breads and, and two fish yet. They just said, hey, Jesus, we have a need. You know, feed them. Do something about it. And, they, and that's the thing. Jesus isn't a genie in a bottle where you can rub it and say, hey, I have a need in my life. Meet it. And then all of a sudden it's going to happen. No, when you have means, right, you have to bring your means to Jesus. You have to bring your resources to him, right? You have to give your, what you have to him and able for him to, to, to take what you have and to multiply and to meet your need. So what we try to do a lot of times is that we try to get away with trying to gain something new without giving up something old right we the the what we try to do is get something, that I need that we try to require without giving up what we already have, without sacrificing something, without giving it up to God. We, we try to hold on to that five bread and, and two fish and sacrifice the chance of us being able to feed 5,000 people because we had that five bread and two fish in our hands. So it's hard for us to imagine that if we give this small amount up, give it up to God, that it can turn into something huge. But that's another sub point for tonight is that if you want to gain something new, you have to give up something old. If you want to gain something new in your life, if you want to gain a new grace, if you want to gain uh, a, this new accomplishment in your life, you have to be willing to give up something old. You have to be willing to give up the five bread and two fish if you want to be able to feed the 5,000. So we established that there was a need. And then we established that there was these means to meet that need. And that leads us to the, to the final variable for tonight. So, so the, the disciples gave what they had to Jesus, right? This small amount, this small amount of means and resources, which was five bread and two fish. So they bring that to Jesus. And all of a sudden, what seemed like wasn't enough, when they gave that to Jesus, it turned out to be more than enough. And the final variable for, for tonight is Jesus, right? And Jesus, when you add Jesus into the equation, all of a sudden, something changes. All of a sudden, what wasn't enough becomes more than enough. And I wanna encourage something I want to encourage somebody tonight that it doesn't matter how much you have, it doesn't matter how much you, you don't have, it doesn't matter if you are if you have a zero in your bank account or you have eight figures in your bank account, if you give it to God, if you hand it over to Jesus, that small amount, that, that amount that you thought will never meet that need, when you hand that over to Jesus, when you hand over that five bread and two fish, you will watch him multiply your small means, the means that by itself can't do anything, but when you give it to Jesus, you can accomplish anything. See, by ourselves we don't have enough, but when we add Jesus, we have more than enough. And so in mathematical terms, Jesus in this variable, he is the constant variable. He is the constant variable. And what does that mean? The definition of a constant variable is that a constant has has value all on its own that you can't change the value of a constant. That when you put a constant into an equation, all of a sudden that equation has way more value than it ever had. And that's just the thing, Jesus in our lives, Jesus is our constant variable. If we try to rely on our means, if we try to rely on people, if we try to rely on friends or mindsets, those things are always going to make us come up short. But when we add a constant variable in our lives, somebody, when we add a constant in our lives that and his name is Jesus, when we add him and in our lives. All of a sudden, the equation that looked bleak, now it's multiplied. Now we have more than enough. So I want to encourage you all, put Jesus into your equation tonight. You see, the, the disciples gathered the resources, gathered what they had, even though they, they had no idea what was going to happen. They gathered what they had. They were obedient to Jesus, and they gave them all that they had. They gave them that two bread and two fish, right? Or five bread and two fish. They gave them all that they had to Jesus. And that's what I wanna really encourage y'all tonight, that in this season, in this season of a pandemic, in this season of COVID-19, it seems like we have been stripped down to the bare bones, right? It seems like we have been stripped down to nothing and that the resources we do have, the resources that we do have left, we are so close fist about it because we're scared to even lose that. But I want to encourage somebody tonight that if you go all out for Jesus, if you give it all up to Him, if you take those resources that you have left and you Plant it in the kingdom of heaven. If you give it up to Jesus, I'm telling you, as soon as you put it in his hands, as soon as you put him in the equation, you're just gonna watch all these needs that you thought were impossible. You're gonna watch the, your rent be paid. You're gonna watch your debt be paid off. You're gonna watch your your, your son who you're so worried about, who, who you thought was lost. All of a sudden you're gonna see that he is found because you are now not holding back, but you're making Jesus a part of your equation and you're not trying to solve problems on your your own any longer but you're making Jesus be the forefront and you're saying God I might not have much I might not have everything but I'm giving it up to you and you say Jesus I, I, I might not have the most talent of anybody I might not have the most charisma I might not have you know the strength that people tell us we need but God said that he would use the weak right he would use the weak to defy the wise he he would use the the weak things and to for, for he is strong right we're, we're weak he is strong and so god doesn't use the strongest god doesn't use the most talented god doesn't use the the people who have it all right in their lives god uses the people who gives it all to him god uses the people who take that five bread that two loaves of fish that the resources that is nowhere near enough to meet their needs. He, he, he uses the people who takes that and gives it to him and goes all out for him. Those are the kind of people he uses. In verse 41, it, it, it says that Jesus gave thanks for what they had to God. He, he took up the bread, he thanked God for it, and then he broke it, And then he divided it amongst the 5,000 and he fed the 5,000. You see, for the resources you have, the means that you have, the things that you think is insignificant, the things that the the five bread and two loaves you have in in, in, in your life, do not overlook those things. Don't take them and think, oh, I, I, I decided, it doesn't even matter if I give it to God because it's so little and, and you despise the little things and you despise your weaknesses and you despise that you came up and you had a rough childhood or you despise that you, that you have too much month at the end of your bills, right? You despise those things. But if you take them, you say, God, These things that have been given to me, I thank you for them. I I don't discredit them. I don't complain about them. I don't say, God, why would you give me this if it's nowhere near enough to meet my needs? Instead of doing that, I'm going to thank you for these things, God. I'm going to thank you for these five bread and two fish. And then after I thank you for them, I'm going to give them back to you. I'm going to watch you multiply it. I'm going to watch you turn what was insignificant into the most unimaginable feeding 5,000 people some. As we close tonight, I, I want to leave y'all w- with this thought. Our, we've been talking about putting Jesus into our equation, the variable for miracles. How do we are able to add Jesus into everything we do and, and add him into the problem solving in our lives and watch him go beyond our imagination. It says in verse 43, it says that they had 12 baskets left over after the fed the five thousand. 12 baskets left over after. It says that they got even more than what they needed. You see, when you add Jesus in the variable, not only will He meet your needs, but He will exceed your needs. And that's what's incredible about Jesus. And so here's the final equation for tonight is that when you take your means and you 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 give them to Jesus, He will meet your needs. And not only that, but He will meet your needs plus. He will go beyond your imagination. He will give you things that you even know you needed. He will supply your needs, and then he's going to bless you, right, Shaking together, overflowed, right, making you feel like the most blessed person alive because when you put God into the equation and you give him your means, you're going to watch him exceed your needs. He's going to give you more than, than what you, you got thought you could handle, and he's going to bless you beyond your imagination because if there's something that I have learned is that, my best, right, is no thing even comparable to God's best. That his best for my life is, goes beyond my imagination that I, thought, that I thought was possible. And so that's why we have to add him to the equation because he's going to go so far beyond our needs. So I want us just to the close tonight with, with this thought, is that no matter what. No matter what the problem is, no matter how insignificant our means are or how, how big the problem is, I'm always going to add Jesus in the equation. I'm always going to have that constant in my life. I'm always going to build upon that foundation of starting off with Jesus, right? Starting off with adding Him and working from there and, and working around the thoughts that He has for me and the plans that He has for me. So I want to pray tonight that we add Jesus into the equation. So let's pray and close out tonight. Father, we just thank you that we are adding you into our equation, that in in these problems that we have, that the pandemic has presented us, God, that we're not gonna count you out, that we're not gonna let fear make us focus on needs that won't fulfill us, that we're not gonna let this world throw things at us that won't fulfill us, God, but we're gonna focus on the needs, God, that you want for us, Father. Focus on, on the desires that you desire for us, Father, and we're gonna add you into the equation. We're going to add you, Father, and we're going to work around you, Jesus. So right now we, we are going all out for you, God. We're not holding nothing back. We're giving you all, Father. We're giving you everything that we have. We're giving you all our means, all our resources, all the knowledge we have gathered, everything that we hold close to us, Father, we give it to you because in your hands, God, we're gonna watch it multiply. In your hands, Father, we're gonna watch you turn five bread and two fish into feeding 5,000, into meeting our rent, God, into saving the relationship we have with our families, God, and and, and into healing our bodies, Father. We're gonna watch you, Father, when you are added to the equation, the outcome is always final, and that outcome is that you meet our needs and you exceed our needs, Father. So we give you all the glory, we give you all the praise, Father, and from tonight on, we're not going to hold nothing back, and we're going to be all in, giving you all our means, Father, from tonight on, God, in the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Also I want to pray over anybody tonight who want to take that first step with Jesus and and if you're saying Caleb I've heard everything that you've said but I haven't even secured my salvation yet if that is you let's pray a prayer tonight and church family let's just do it together so if that's you repeat after me say say father I acknowledge that I need you I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I acknowledge that I need saving and I believe that your son is Jesus and that he died on the cross for me, and that he rose again on the third day for my sins, securing my soul. So Jesus, I confess you Lord over my life, Lord over my finances, Lord over my mind, Lord over everything. I love you, Jesus. Take over my life from now on. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen amen congratulations to anybody who prayed that prayer for the first time and if you did uh, you can go to our app or go online and you can click on the i said yes link, and you can find some tools and resources that we have prepared just for you guys if that was your first time saying yes to Jesus. But with that being said, church family, I hope y'all enjoyed tonight. I hope y'all enjoyed this message. I know it was a little different. Um, there's a little bit more illustrations add in, and it's from the viewpoint of a mathematical equation, but I hope y'all enjoyed it tonight. We're so glad that uh, y'all have tuned in, and we love you so much, and see you next time.